Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. You heard the updated numbers now confirmed 235 cases of COVID-19 in Arizona. While a lot of industries are on the shutdown, we've got people being laid off, furloughed, sent home, whatever you want to call it. There are industries like the trucking industry that is thriving right now. And unfortunately for those medical professionals, it is a very difficult time, not just in... um, not just in making sure that they are taking care of patients at a fever pitch, but also caring for themselves. Joining me right now is Tina. She is a uh, master's degree in nursing education, board certified critical care, registered nurse. Turn- Tina, thanks for taking time out to be here. How how has your life changed since the COVID-19 has hit Arizona? Well, good morning, Mike. Um, you know, We are used to taking care of patients with um, infectious disease all the time. Um, This is kind of an unknown and an evolving situation, so it is a little bit different for that reason. Um, I didn't notice that many changes at the hospital until, like, this morning when I came in. Um, They were even saying we couldn't wear masks to um, screen patients and visitors coming into the ED last week but this week everybody on campus has to wear a mask at all times when you uh, uh, when you saw when you, are you seeing more patients showing up asking to be tested you know it's unusual but not really i mean it's kind of a good thing people are not coming to the emergency department for some of those frivolous things like earaches the things that you could go to your primary care physician for um and so that's good because you know, we don't want to expose people to things that they shouldn't be exposed to. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, what people are thinking when they come in, you know, without something critical. So the, actually the ED here where I work has been pretty slow. Um, some people want to be tested and don't really understand that if they don't have symptoms, we're not just going to test you. We keep hearing about the, the concern for a shortness of beds, a shortness for ventilators and respirators. How are, how are medical professionals like yourself, how are they preparing for the possibilities? Well, we are looking, you know, to the federal government, to, you know, our state and local government um, to get those things for us. I mean, there's only so many in the Valley. Um, as far as beds go, and I haven't heard that we're going to do any temporary um, housing like tents or anything, but like I said, this is very fluid, and I'm sure that we're going to, you know, if we get a surge like New York has seen and some other places, we may need to start building some, you know, more facilities so we can have more beds. How about concerns for yourself and for your family? I read a story this morning that there are some medical professionals, especially nurses, because of their close proximity to patients, that are actually staying away from their families because they don't want to, you know, if they were able to, you know, if they're carrying it, they don't want to put it on their family members. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, as people are hunkered down complaining about spending more time with their families, they really should consider this. Um, we have uh, five littles in our house. Um, we sent three to live somewhere else. Um, you know, because myself and um, my other daughter that lives with us are both in healthcare. We both work in critical care areas. And so we have a protocol that we put in place. Um, we have robes in the garage. When we get home, we strip down, we put our robes on, we put our clothes in the washing machine. Um, you know, I leave my shoes that I wear around the hospital at, in my locker at work. Um, we change our shoes, we go straight to the shower, we shower. Um, you know, and then 
somebody else is coming out with Clorox to, um, you know, like a weak Clorox solution to decontaminate the car. So wiping down our steering wheels and, you know, the shifter and all of that. I mean, we're just doing everything we can, but people need to realize that, you know, I don't want to invoke fear in anybody, but you need to be respectful of this. Um, We need to be proactive. We need to stay away from, um, you know, large crowds, and we need to be protecting our family. What I've told everybody that asked me is um, you should be acting as if you're a carrier and that everybody else has it. So, you know, keep that distance, be mindful, wash your hands, make sure other people are washing their hands, you know, cover your cough and all those sorts of things. We keep hearing about the symptoms of this may be mild for some people that are carrying it. Have you seen any extreme symptoms? And what are the extreme symptoms of COVID-19? Well, when you get into the extreme symptoms, I mean, then you're talking about people not being able to oxygenate oxygenate at the cellular level. So they are able to breathe, you know, bring air into their lungs. But at the cellular level, oxygenation is not occurring. And that's the peop- those are those folks that need to be uh, intubated. And um, some of them are actually even requiring what we call ECMO or extracorporeal uh, membrane oxygenation, where we take the blood outside of your body and oxygenate it for you. Um, and that has happened here in the Valley. Um, so, you know, we only have so many machines for that type of a um, patient. So we may at some point have to, you know, ration healthcare, And, you know, that's a terrifying thing in the United States. The other part of that is the resources that somebody that sick takes because you have to have a respiratory therapist and two to three nurses, especially if they're also getting continuous renal replacement therapy because a lot of times your kidneys shut down. So, I mean, you can just think of one patient taking two to three nurses and a respiratory therapist out of the count in a busy ICU, you know, and it's, And just, again, the machines that it would take to care for multiple patients needing that kind of care. Tina, it is. uh, I really appreciate you taking time out. I know how busy you must be right now, but to take time out, great advice for people. And uh, I hope you're able to get some rest and be safe. Thanks, Mike. Always great to talk to you. All right, thanks. That is uh, uh, Tina. She is a a close friend, uh, someone I've known for years and one of the best people that I know. And great advice. You heard her say that she's separated from her family. She's got a daughter who I also know that's in the healthcare industry. So the children and Tina's grandchildren are all being sent to live somewhere else just out of a a multitude or or being over safe, um, wiping things down, cleaning things, clothes off before they enter the house. Um, This is what the reality is for people that are working in the health care industry so you everyone knows i am um unapologetically pro first responder especially pro cop but right now we're watching people in the trucking industry that are trying to do the best they can to get goods to where people need them but the healthcare professionals that are working right now tina her daughter um and everybody else included working extra hours, but also putting themselves in harm's way to try to care for patients. So just a little reminder for us as we are uh, all have legitimate concerns about what's happening in our lives. Thankful for those people as well. The numbers in the, the coronavirus numbers, the COVID-19 numbers here in the state of Arizona, the new numbers, what they mean, all of it coming up next. Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. Brand new numbers in in the state of Arizona. We are now up to 235 confirmed cases 
in Arizona of COVID-19. We were told uh, last week that nationally and in the state that we were going to see a climb in numbers because of the expanded testing. We now know that private labs are doing the tests, which means we are able to get test results a little faster. There hasn't been the backlog at the CDC or the state level labs. So we are getting test results in faster. We know that they are increasing the number of tests that are being issued as more of them become online. We know that there is a new test that will be coming online very soon that will allow people to get the test results in 45 minutes. Now, the reason why that matters is we've heard from medical professionals, and I want to, again, want to thank my friend Tina for joining us. She is a nurse here in the Valley. She's got her master's degree in nursing. Her daughter is also a medical professional, and um, they are preparing for more new cases. And in the most extreme cases, the resources it takes to keep people alive and healthy to get through this is daunting, which is why we're trying to stop this from the high-risk groups and from people getting to that high level. But here in Arizona now with the new cases that are coming in, the new testing that's becoming available, if we're able to get results in 45 minutes on a patient because they're still only testing people that are symptomatic, then those people can be quarantined sooner, which means less spread of the virus. That are the two things about this virus that to me are very scary. Number one is how it spread so easily. It lives airborne for an extended period of time coughs or whatever else and it lives in the air for an extended period of time and on surfaces for days plastic and stainless steel it's living up to three days now whether or not we're seeing a spread if somebody touches the surface and then touches their face we don't know that yet but we know that it's easily spread the other part of it is there are so many people that will be their symptoms will be very mild they don't know they even are spreading the illness but when you spread it to someone that's in a high risk with an a depressed immune system because of medication they may be taking or someone that's very very young or someone that's elderly they become high risk when we just talked with with Tina who is a nurse here in the valley The huge amount of resources that it takes for people that have very serious symptoms of COVID-19. And she did say we've seen this in the Valley where they're actually oxygenating people's blood for them, moving their blood out of their body, oxygenating it. And the amount, the respirators and the machines and the nurse practitioners and uh, the nurses and the uh, respiratory therapists it takes just for one patient in that condition. When there are very few of those serious cases, it is a strain, but it's manageable. But imagine a scenario where medical professionals have to start um, rationing health care, not just about available beds for people, but th- respiratory therapists that would be necessary, machinery that would be necessary to save lives. How do you start managing that? And then who does that triage and chooses who gets the care first and who doesn't? That's a scenario we're trying to stay away from, which is why here in the state of Arizona, they've ordered so many respirators. They're waiting for those to come in. Um, We now know that uh, Ford, GM and Tesla have been cleared by the White House to retool their plants to start making these respirators. So this is kind of an all hands on deck approach, which is being done without a mandate. These are volunteers, people that are volunteering to do these things. And. Um. The mixed message I keep talking about is myself, I'm not concerned about contracting the virus. That being said, I'm doing, for the most part, I'm doing what I've been asked. I do go to the grocery store. I maintain a distance. I'm not shaking hands with people. All of those things that we've been asked to do. 
But what really gets me about all of this is the mixed message of even though I don't feel like it, I go out places and I watch people in the grocery store. So you spend 14 hours a day at your house and you're quarantining yourself and staying away from the issues. But then you go to the grocery store and you're shoulder to shoulder with people. You order takeout and you go to pick it up and everybody's standing in the lobby within a foot of each other. It defeats the whole purpose of the quarantine if we're going to do that. The pictures today in the Arizona, in AZ Central and, and other places around the valley, people at Papago Park, because it's such a popular place to hike, there's nothing else for people to do. Go out, take a walk. They go hiking and you're lined up like you're waiting to get into a concert. It doesn't make any sense. If we're going to take care, then take care. I mean, that to me seems to be the wisest thing we can do. Now, we know the mandates from Washington and the concerns about about America's economy. Part of the reason I believe that we're seeing such a drop even today as we fall further and further with all the, the NASDAQ, the S&P and the Dow going down to numbers we haven't seen since 2015, 2016 are because we're not seeing a reaction from the government that gives anybody that's in the financial world any confidence that we are going to stabilize because they just can't get anything done. We reached out and we got uh, Congressman Biggs' office. So Andy Biggs will join us at 930, and we're going to ask him about this stimulus package. What is going on? The American people are looking right now to the United States government and asking, what are you doing? As far as management of the illness goes, we are seeing, I, my opinion only, we are seeing good management of this. We heard the vice president say that this is going to be state-handled, locally delivered and federally so it's state managed locally delivered and federally monitored so your your local government your local government is going to um your local government is going to implement the needs or implement the resources they're going to be managed by the states and fema and the federal government is going to support it that to me is the best way to do this but when we it comes to the economic stabilization of America, we understand that we have not seen a strain like this economically in America in my lifetime for certain. Not even 9-11 did this for this unknown period of time. The unknown. What are we going to see after day 15? What are the recommendations from the federal government going to be? Are we moving in the direction of a complete lockdown? These are all valid questions from people. Coming up, Congressman Andy Biggs will join us. And we'll talk with the congressman about what the federal government is going to do to send the message of stabilization and when we can expect checks in the hands of the American people. We're going to do that next. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It is the Mike Broomhead Show. Uh, The two aspects of this are the controlling and curing and clearing of this virus. And the other part of it is stabilizing the U.S. economy. People are concerned, I believe, equally about both, and they go hand in hand. Joining us right now is Congressman Andy Biggs. And Congressman, where are we on a stimulus package? Well, right now, uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi basically walked away from the package yesterday, and she's introducing a new her own package today. Um, we've seen what is rumored to be a draft of a package. Haven't had a chance to read it yet. Trying to get through the Senate package still. 
Um, the Senate is scheduling another vote uh, later today, see if they can get cloture, but they need bipartisan support. And um, with uh, Speaker Pelosi kind of putting the, the kibosh on it, it might it might not get through the cloture uh, again today. Cloture is just a technical term, meaning that, that, you, that you're not going to fill you can move beyond filibuster. So, so that's really what where the hangup is in the Senate right now. The Senate's got all the cards, but uh, Pelosi kind of uh, uh, moved the ball yesterday uh, afternoon. In reality, if something were to get done early this week, how soon could Americans expect relief? Not just corporations and loans, but individuals who are not working right now that are looking to say, I've got no income and I'm about to fall through the floor. Well, first of all, they, the, the normal state unemployment insurance benefits are in place. This bill, uh, the way I've, I've read it so far, uh, the Senate bill um, backstops that and, and provides additional funding. And then, then you, there's the uh, direct payment portion. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to give false hope because I don't really know how quickly they'll start process checks. It is. Um, a, I think they're going to put um, pedal to the metal on it, but I, I just don't know when you would actually see something actually out the door for the federal government. Okay. The other part of this, obviously, is the stabilization of businesses and industry. We're watching the Dow down another 560 points again today. A lot of that because, not, well, the experts are saying because they're not seeing anything from the government that shows any stabilization coming. Uh, what are you saying to the businesses out there uh, about nothing being done so far? Are we going to see something that they can look at and say, this may save us? Well, first of all, the first liquidity problem that you have, that $1.5 trillion in quantitative easing and money was put into the market, but it kind of all the big big banks and so wasn't getting to the main street. And so we've registered our complaints to Mnuchin, and uh, Treasury into Main Street. We're assured that that's going to happen. Uh, what else I'm talking to him about is specifically um, what is proposed. Um, and what's proposed here is uh, a series of, of, of uh, loans, and there's some grants involved as well. But the but the but the issue is. The issue is, quickly will it get And um, I, Mike, I always try to be very transparent, honest, and I say, even if this passes, I don't know how quickly that that, that money is going to get there because ostensibly this is working through the Small Business Administration. But they also indicate that it's going to go out from SBA to uh, uh, community and other to, to try to be the facilitators of those um, those loans. Uh, that uh, would, would would hopefully be available. Yeah, uh, people have been critical of you. You voted twice n- no on on package. Uh, why those no votes? Explain to people what happened and why you did that. Yeah, first vote was um, for two and a half billion, and, uh, except for that's what was asked by the administration was what was going to go into testing and other needed issues. The rest of that 8.3, you had a billion and a half going overseas, and you had other money stacked out three and five years, and in one instance, 10 years out. Um, and that just seemed to be inefficient. 
uh, when uh, even after I, I voted, I contacted the administration again. I was told, yeah, no, we just need the two and a half right now for what we're what we're dealing with, and and where where their the first priority is. Uh, the second the second bill um, was just basically uh, one of those deals where we've been tracking the bill, but they gave us twelve minutes to read uh, a bill. Um, and the bill had just so many things going so many places we, we couldn't resolve it so they said here you, we're going to vote in 12 minutes and then then by the way the next uh, two days later they actually did a, a correction bill that was longer than the underlying bill because there were so many flaws and problems with the original bill so that's you know if you if you don't give us a chance to at least read it they should have given us a couple hours to read it so you could see what was in there um so we would know what was in there, and that was that was seriously a problem uh, with the way they did that. And quite frankly, that money is not getting out because of the way they did it. How is this changing how you do business? We know we've got members of Congress on the Senate and the House side that are self quarantined. We know about the positive test result for Senator Paul. Um, it's it's got to really be tough for you to do your jobs. Never mind just getting to the floor to vote, but it's got to be tougher for all of you to do your jobs and meeting with people, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so basically, um, um, I'm I spend more time working here than I than I did in D.C. And I usually use twelve to fifteen hour days in D.C. But what's happening is I'm on I'm on the phone almost nonstop. There's texting. There's conference calls. There's calls with constituents. There's calls with uh, business groups and associations, government leaders. Calls to the White House and the administration. Calls to to uh, my colleagues. Uh, texting with the colleagues there's trying to find time to read uh, the bills this stuff is happening so rapidly Mike that that we're we're uh, reading these but but it's it's kind of odd because uh, my staff is now spread in their various homes here in the valley there I've my staff here's working on a constituent issue so they keep me apprised of that my staff in DC is working on on the policy issues um, we're trying to offer uh, things that we think make sense, make the bills better. Um, uh, and so we're preparing those. We're trying to read the bills. And it makes it really difficult because, uh, as you know, a lot of times you want face-to-face uh, and actually to be able to sh- take a document and show somebody that maybe it's a 300-page document. You want to go to page 25 and, and, and be able to point out this is why this is, is bad. It's so much easier to, to communicate in person. But we are dealing with it. Uh, there's a lot of communication. Fortunately, we live in a, in a good time with the technology that allows us to communicate and keep working uh, diligent, diligently, and that's what we're doing. Well, thanks for the information, Congressman. We're looking forward to things getting a little more normalized, and we certainly are looking forward to some kind of a package put together that tells Wall Street to, they can kind of relax a little bit and stabilize this economy. Well, I'm hopes I'm hopeful. Um, I'm hoping that we're not uh, seeing a uh, an irrigation of too much centralized power right now. And some of the, the provisions in here really, uh, we need to make sure that they that if they get passed, that they're going to be going away, so we can restore restore a full market uh, system in the future. But that's that's neither here nor there in some respects. But 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 yes, you're absolutely right. All right, Congressman. Thank you as always. It's good talking with you. 
Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that, it. That is Congressman Biggs joining us for a few moments. Uh, America kind of watching two fronts. One is the government response to stabilizing the virus itself. What are we doing to stop the increase, stop the spread, the 15 days, which most people are on board with? But what do we do now to stabilize the economy to try to gain back um, some of what we lost in such a fast amount of time? And so we're looking at two levels, and uh, and we're, we're not seeing the results. Obviously, Wall Street isn't seeing anything that's making them feel better right now, but we'll see in the future uh, what happens. Coming up, we're going to talk about um, the president alluding to possible easing of restrictions, or is that what he was trying to say in a tweet from Sunday? We're going to do all of that coming up next. The Mike Broomhead Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. The president um, tweeting out yesterday something that had some people kind of scratching their heads and wondering, are we looking at the possibility after day 15 of changes not going stronger but less restrictive in the future? The president tweeted out yesterday, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself at the end of the 15-day period. We will make a decision as which way we want to go. Are we seeing the economic collapse is really not an overstatement. Are we seeing the economic collapse in America right now where we now are watching the Dow approaching the 18,000 mark, which would be a 10,000-point drop in the Dow, actually more than that, because it did approach 29,000 at one time. Are we watching that um, continue and continue and continue? And we have to decide between public health and an economy. And are we going to have to make that decision? Or at the end of the 15 days, have we slowed the spread of this virus to the point where we are able to get back to some normalcy from, for some people. There are a lot of people that are already wondering why we are taking such drastic measures. I was upset for a time that we weren't getting enough information about this. I asked, and I was asking the same question many of you were, what is the big deal about this? Why are we treating this so differently when we've seen swine flu and SARS and and other things that have been deadly all over the world, other pandemics that never elicited this kind of a response. It was finally explained to me by a friend who explained that, number one, what you would say would be a good thing about this virus, which is most people will see very mild symptoms. Well, that's a problem because it's very, very contagious. They're saying three or four times more contagious than the flu. It lives airborne for a much longer period of time. It lives on surfaces. It's easy to contract. There is no cure. There is no vaccine. So the spread of it happens very quickly. And with most people having mild symptoms when they contract this, those mild symptoms mean you may not know you have it. I don't feel very well. I've got a little cold. And all of a sudden, you are now spreading this to a lot of people around you. And then when it hits a high-risk group, whether it's people that are elderly elderly, or people on medication that suppress or depress your immune system, now it becomes deadly. We just talked with earlier today, uh, Tina is a nurse here in the Valley, a very educated woman. She's a teacher as well. Her daughter's in the healthcare industry and gave us a little detail on 
what kind of care people with the most severe symptoms need. Not able to oxygenate your blood, and it's sometimes they're actually extracting the blood and oxygenating it for people. The number of people, it takes a couple of nurses and a, a um, respiratory therapist for that one patient. The amount of machines and equipment it takes to do that for a patient. When there are mild cases and few cases, and now there are 235 in Arizona, when those happen... It takes a huge amount of resources for that one patient. What happens if this pandemic spreads and we see so many patients that are severe in symptoms that we don't have the personnel or the equipment and now you start to ration health care? That is a real concern. But when you look at the economy of the United States, where we were compared to where we have fallen The real concern for the healthy people that are out there is, what will I have to go back to? Being a small business owner, when you look at what you've done, and many of them have done the right thing, and through no fault of their own, they've watched the economy fall through the floor, and they are in danger of losing everything they've worked for. Not having a business to go back to, which means the people that work for them don't have a job to go back to. Starting at ground zero and trying to work our way back. Is there a way for small businesses to continue and use this as kind of a turning point? So the president tweeting out, we can't allow the cure to be worse than the disease itself. Are they looking at that economically and saying to the American people, we have a decision to make and we're going to make it with the best information possible? And what will the American public do when a decision is made? And that's a that is a real concern for everyone. And I understand someone that's sitting at home saying, A, I'm healthy. B, we're looking at 90% of the people, even that are symptomatic, that are being tested, being tested negative. We're watching numbers grow in Arizona. 235 is the new number. We've watched it grow by over 80 overnight. And even every expert we've talked to is saying it's not because of spread. It's because of better testing. We are able to test faster. We're getting results faster because the private sector is partnering with the government labs and getting the results out quickly. So we're seeing a reduction in the backlog of testing. We heard in China they had people sheltered in place for a couple of months in Wuhan where this started. They have sheltered in place and quarantined people now for a couple of months. They do not have one new case of the virus according to what they're releasing. The problem is we can't trust what information we're getting from China. They've kicked out all of the American journalists, and we can't trust what they're telling us. They lied to the world from the beginning of all of this. So the the questions out there are not as simple as just getting healthy. That obviously is the goal. You can't, most people, if you think about it, I live alone, so I'm not worried about bringing it home to anyone. But I've also got grandchildren. I've got kids. And, you know, my kids are adults, but, I mean, I don't want to, I would hate in my life to get this by what I do in public, which I'm not doing anything right now, but I would hate to be out in public, get this illness, and transfer it 
to my grandkids. That to me is a real concern. Keeping myself away from people I care about. I'll go back to the interview with Tina, the nurse. She has children and grandchildren as well. She has one of her daughters who is also a healthcare professional living with her. Her children, Tina's grandchildren, have been sent to live with other people because you don't want to have this spread to one of them. When they get home from work as healthcare professionals, they come home. They don't come in the house. They put robes on before they come in the house. They leave their shoes at work. They immediately get in the shower. They wash their clothes from that day, that day. And they also decontaminate their car, wiping it down, the shifter, the steering wheel, the seats, everything they can. And the best advice I've heard so far was the advice that she gave. And Tina said, you should always act like you have it and you don't want to spread it to anyone else and that everyone around you has it and you don't want to get it from them. Solid advice of the way we behave that can stymie the spread of this virus. But economically, are we going to have anything to come back to? That's a real concern. You're concerned about your job. I absolutely understand how you feel. And for those small business owners out there who risk everything for a business, the real concern for them is not just not having a business to go back to. They don't have a job either. They don't have an income. And most of them are all in when it comes to their business. They will lose their homes. They will lose their children's future. They will lose any chance at retirement and have to start, not just start over, but be have enormous debt on top of all of that. That is a real concern for people out there. So the two fronts that we're fighting this on are clashing in a way will the decisions be made based on the economy or will they be made on national health i'm anxious to see what happens after day 15 and what the president decides but that tweet yesterday basically said we can't sacrifice the american economy and make that worse in the long run than the results of this virus and i I thought that was solid advice coming up just after the top of the hour Um, We are going to talk about what we can do because fighting the coronavirus and where some industries are really, really thriving in all of this. And one of them in particular, because I was at the grocery store and I would invest in the paper goods industry if I were you. That and one other. We're going to discuss firearms industry coming up next.